Today we're up to Genesis 30. When Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister. She said to Jacob, give me children or else I will die. Jacob's anger burned against Rachel and he said, am I in God's place who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? She said, behold, my maid Bilhah, go into her that she may bear on my knees and I also may obtain children by her. She gave him Bilhah, her servant, as wife, and Jacob went in to her. Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Rachel said, God has judged me and has also heard my voice and he has given me a son. Therefore she called his name Dan. Bilhah, Rachel's servant, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Rachel said, I have wrestled with my sister with mighty wrestlings and have prevailed. She named him Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had finished bearing, she took Zilpah, her servant, and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Zilpah, Leah's servant, bore Jacob a son. Leah said, how fortunate. She named him Gad. Zilpah, Leah's servant, bore Jacob a second son. Leah said, happy am I, for the daughters will call me happy. She named him Asher. Reuben went in the days of the wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother, Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. Leah said to her, is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? Rachel said, therefore he will lie with you tonight for your son's mandrakes. Jacob came home from the field in the evening and Leah went out to meet him and said, you must come in to me, for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. He lay with her that night. God listened to Leah and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has given me my hire because I gave my servant to my husband. She named him Issachar. Leah conceived again and bore a sixth son to Jacob. Leah said, God has endowed me with a good dowry. Now my husband will live with me because I have borne him six sons. She named him Zebulun. Afterwards, she bore a daughter and named her Dinah. God remembered Rachel and God listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived, bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. She named him Joseph, saying, may Yahweh add another son to me. When Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place and my own country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me go, for you know my service with which I have served you. Laban said to him, if now I have found favor in your eyes, stay here, for I have divined that the Yahweh has blessed me for your sake. He said, appoint me your wages and I will give it. Jacob said to him, you know how I have served you and how your livestock have fared with me. For it was little which you had before I came and it has increased to a multitude. Yahweh has blessed you wherever I turned. Now when will I provide for my own house? Laban said, what shall I give you? Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. If you will do this one thing for me, I will again feed your flock and keep it. I will pass through all your flock today 
removing from there every speckled and spotted one and every black one among the sheep and the spotted and the speckled among the goats and these will be my hire. So my righteousness will answer me hereafter. When you come concerning my hire that is before you, every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and black among the sheep that might be with me will be considered stolen. Laban said, Behold, let it be according to your word. That day he removed the male goats that were streaked and spotted and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, every one that had white in it and all the black ones among the sheep and gave them into the hand of his sons. He set three days journey between himself and Jacob and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Jacob took to himself rods of fresh poplar almond and plane tree peeled white streaks in them and made the white appear which was in the rods. He set the rods which he had peeled opposite the flocks in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink. They conceived when they came to drink. The flocks conceived before the rods and the flocks produced streaked, speckled and spotted. Jacob separated the lambs and set the faces of the flocks towards the streaked and all the black in Laban's flock. He put his own droves apart and didn't put them into Laban's flock. Whenever the stronger of the flock conceived, Jacob laid the rods in front of the eyes of the flock in the watering troughs that they might conceive among the rods. But when the flock were feeble, he didn't put them in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger were Jacob's. The man increased exceedingly and had large flocks, female servants and male servants and camels and donkeys. Some of these chapters are so interesting. And um, the chapter starts out with this kind of like battle between the two women to, you know, kind of like have the love of the husband. Rachel, of course, was already loved, but Leah wasn't loved. She wasn't, Jacob didn't choose her to be his wife. He was tricked into having her as his wife. And so she knew it. She knew that she wasn't loved. What a terrible position for her to be in. And so she tries to earn the love of her husband through having children. And the Lord has closed Rachel's womb, so she can't have children. She's loved, but she can't have children. And that's one of the things that wives were valued for back then. It wasn't just for themselves, but also for their children. So here you've got the loved wife that can't have children, the unloved wife that's having plenty of children. <laughs> and so um, it, it sets up this whole crazy situation. And I mentioned that in you know, polygamous families, there are these strivings. And so Rachel does something that Sarah did with Abraham a long time ago in the book of Genesis. She gives a servant to her husband. This sounds weird to us, but this was a cultural thing in the day where if you weren't able to have children, you could give your servant to your husband and kind of like a proxy wife or on your behalf to have your children for her. But when Sarah did it with Abraham, it caused this striving between Sarah and her servant. So they were competing because they both wanted their son to be the one to have the inheritance. But here, there's no striving between Rachel and her servant. Instead, Rachel is completely on the servant's side, but there is still striving. And the striving is between the two sisters, Leah and Rachel. They're fighting a great deal. And the whole chaos of it just reminds us so strongly why God intended for there to be one man and one woman in marriage. Because these situations like this just cause a lot of struggle and a lot of pain and 
and a lot of things that were never intended by the Lord. But we see that it was also the Lord who had closed um, Rachel's womb. And so she's infertile, but somehow God's in that. We don't completely understand how God was in that. And, um, and it may have been that the Lord knew that all these boys wouldn't have been born if she had been fertile, that it would have been different. We don't know the mind of the Lord completely here, but, but we know, we see that God closed her womb. And sometimes we've got, you know, women, sisters in the Lord in church who can't have children. And, and this just chapter reminds us that that can be for a variety of reasons. There can be medical reasons, but there can also be spiritual reasons. Sometimes it's the Lord that does it because he's, there's a reason. But sometimes it's also a curse or it's some kind of un, other spiritual thing that's not of the Lord. In our congregation here at Peace, we've had a lot of answers to prayer in this area. My dad in particular, John, he's had a lot of success in praying um, for people who have been unable to have children and couples have been blessed as a result. And uh, my parents, they, when they were married, they didn't have children for five or six years. And um, they started to think that they weren't able to have children. And so it was a situation like this where the Lord had closed the womb. And then my father and mother, they agreed. And they said to the Lord, they said, if you don't want us to have children, we will serve you with our whole heart. And so they ended up giving up the idea of children. They laid it to the side. And as soon as they did that, uh, I was conceived. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a spiritual thing. As soon as they had came to the right place in their heart, the Lord opened the womb. And um, if you're infertile or, you know, sometimes it's, it's a matter for prayer. You go to the Lord and say, Lord, what's happening here? And the Lord just wants you to seek him because he has, a, he has something to say or something to do or he needs your attention in some way. But there could also be curses or other things at work. And through prayer, you can also address and deal with those as well. So we get to the point where in this story, Jacob has worked 14 years. He's paid for his wives. He's got a heap of sons. And now he wants to go home. But Laban wants him to stay. And um, Laban has realized somehow through divination. So he's obviously um, talking to spirits, doing something that's not godly there but he's learned that he's been blessed because of Jacob. And um, hopefully you're the type of Christian that wherever you work, your workplace, your family, you, it's, it's blessed because you're full of the Holy Spirit and you're bringing the blessing just like Jacob. And if not, seek for that. But in the end, um, they make a new arrangement. Jacob's gonna get any of the sheep or goats that are spotty or speckled or black and any of the pure white ones, they belong to Laban. And uh, Jacob does something that looks really weird here in this story. He puts rods with cuts and, and scratches in them into the water. When the sheep come to drink and they're conceiving, you know, when the sheep are mating and the goats are mating in front of the water, this weird practice causes them to only give birth to spotted or speckled sheep and goats. So in this manner, all the sheep and goats are going to Jacob and Laban is not getting as many. You know, his sheep are dying off and he's getting less and less. And um, it seems a bit like Jacob is still up to his sneaky ways. First of all, we don't completely understand how that even happens spiritually. How does that cause that to happen? That's a mystery. But on the other hand, it seems like Jacob is still up to his sneaky ways. But we're going to find out in the next chapter that this was actually the Lord showed him what to do in a dream. We'll read that in Genesis chapter 31.
And I think what we can, one of the things that we can look back on, on these situations is we can realize, you know what, we've come a long way in faith and in walking with God. Like we don't act the way they acted back then. And the Lord has been at work in the world and the scriptures are ours and, and our lives are different. And I think it's all really, really good. And yet back then we, we see um, Jacob, he had the favor of the Lord upon him, even though he wasn't a perfect man. And that's what we should all seek. We should all seek to have the favor of the Lord upon our lives. And we do that through surrender, through trust, through faith. So Lord, I ask that we would be people who have surrendered trust and faith in you. Lord, we are your children and our lives are yours. Guide us and be with us and may we be a blessing to all those around us in the name of Jesus.